OK. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name's Hayden. And my name's Kamila. Today we are going to, well, I always say that we're discussing an interesting topic, I realize. <laughs> really? Um, I, I like listen back and I always say, today we have a very interesting topic for you. I'm like, oh no, I gotta change it. I don't mean to be repetitive, but today we have a really cool topic for you for Japanese street fashion, for the most part. It is centered around upsetting the norms of society and being truly yourself. Mm -hmm. But J-fashion in all countries is still influenced by restrictive beauty standards in those respective countries. Many of those people we see who are popular in the J-fashion community could be seen as acceptable standards of beauty in normal society, quote-unquote. These are things like being thin, pale, and in expensive brands just for the status of it. But redefining our own beauty standards inside a community is super important to being able to welcome all sorts of people into the fashion. For example, many Lolita tea parties at conventions held by Japanese brands require that you wear something from the brand that's hosting or you can't attend. Some people can't fit these brands and this might mean they won't be able to attend these events wearing brands that do fit them. Though some allow it to just be an accessory, I can imagine it being slightly alienating at the event. It's kind of like a visual marker, not wearing a dress or a blouse from the hosting brand that you don't belong. If you're thin, maybe someone can assume that it's not your favorite brand. And not to mention the internal conflict of supporting a brand that doesn't seem to be making an effort to support you. In this episode, we're talking with Fatty Chan, aka Bunny, who is a plus-size J-fashion enthusiast and a blogger to talk about these J-fashion beauty standards. Before we get into that, though, want to get into our usual topics and such. Y'all know the drill at this point, I think. Yeah. So, let's hop into events. Anime St. Louis's Yokan Fashion Show during the May 6th weekend will feature brands such as Puvatel, Belladonna, Octopi, Otaku, and more. Some of these brands will be sold through Lolita Collective or their own booths throughout the weekend. Next up is the Teco J Fashion Meetup. Kamila, you're going to Teco, right? Yeah, yeah. Woo! So <laughs> Kamila's going to be there to celebrate the fashion idols who are coming out for the fashion show and to celebrate our love for the Japanese fashion. There's going to be a gathering slash meetup for pictures and hanging out with friends. We'll be walking about 10 minutes to the Pittsburgh Popcorn Company, known for its fancy candied and gourmet popcorn and sinful sweets chocolate company. They have a really fun sweets and treats and cupcakes and all that at the intersection of Liberty and Fifth. There's also a ton of food places around there if anyone would like to get savory food. And also to mention, like, I'm hosting the event along with Puvatel and any other fashion guest we can get to join. The next event that's really awesome and local to Hayden and I is the Tokidoki pop-up shop grand opening at Rotofugi. Around this time last year, we went to Rotofugi, a tour shop carrying many Japanese fire toy lines to cover the Tokidoki pop-up shop grand opening. This year, Tokidoki is coming back to Rotofugi, presumably with new merchandise. Hopefully there will be bags, merch, toys, and accessories for sale. It's going to be held at Rotofugi in Chicago on April 5th 
from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., which is very different from what they had last year. The time was at, like, 12 to something or other. Yeah, it was a daytime more event. Yeah, so it's really interesting that they're doing it at night. Dress warmly because it gets chilly here in the evening. And the first 50 people in line get a free gift bag with a purchase of $25 or more. All right, our first Kawaii Spotlight. New summer releases from Milk, available on shopmilkinc.com. Milk, a.k.a. Milk Boy, which is their (laughs) male line. Oh, okay, I understand now. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was like Milk Milk Boy. I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) I don't want to think about what that means. I don't want to know. So, Milk and Milk Boy is a brand that I have actually never heard of before, and it is a bit of a pricier brand, but they do have international orders available. They have just released a new summer line, which has a lot of super cute Larme party and Fairy K a bowl, Boyish K a bowl. Tumblr aesthetic stuff, too. Clothing. I think the most notable ones are the Pink Cosmo uh, design, the Pain Cake. Oh my god, that's so cute the pain cake tea and the lucy skirt i really want to talk about this pain cake (laughs) t-shirt oh my god so it comes in pink black and white on it is in very i would call them really emo looking font yeah Um, like it's something i would pick in my emo days um (laughs) says pain cake and on it is a picture of pancake covered in pink syrup on the black and white t-shirts. On the pink t-shirt, it's covered with regular syrup. Which I'm kind of disappointed by on that pink shirt, because yeah. I felt like it added to, like, maybe maybe it could have been, like, black syrup or something on mm. the pink one, or, or purple. I don't know. I don't know what they could have done, but... <laughs> I'm super in love with this pancake yeah, shirt. Yeah, I like the concept. Yeah, it is a little pricier, um, so if you guys are interested in this, I would recommend saving up a little bit the next item is the pink cosmo and black cosmo design yeah i really like well my favorite is kind of like the white one because i'm fairy k all the time so (laughs) i'm always trying to use something that's like lighter color but it also comes in black it's got this really cute like waistband i guess it's kind of the dresses for the dresses this um pattern comes in the dress skirt and hoodie options the dresses it has like a really cute waistband that on the black one it's pink and it stands out and then on the white one it's just like white the hoodies are really cute too that comes in black and white and it's kind of like this similar like galaxy planet and on the black one it's like black and pink mostly and then on the white one it has kind of like some other colors in it too like some blues and some darker pinks yeah darker pinks and then the last one that i think is notable is the lucy skirt I think this is super larme or party cable. It's a gingham skirt that had like a jumper skirt. I guess you would call it more of a sallow pet because no be a jumper skirt mate what i don't know it's a skirt that goes up to your waist and then it has straps coming up but it doesn't cover the bust area but mm-hmm. it comes in blue red white and black gingham and it has some cute ruffles some really cute buttons these are all super sweet looking and i highly recommend looking into milk and yeah. milk boy our next kawaii spotlight are the lolita pre-orders now available from little dipper summer fairy and dear celine on devilinspired.com i feel that devil inspired is a really 
really underrated website. I only heard about it through a friend of mine who is not into the J fashion community. Oh, wow. And I was like, why have I never heard about this website before? But it primarily carries uh, more indie brands or Lolita, Kawaii fashion, retro fashion. But again, they have some new releases coming out, pre-orders that are available. There's the pre-order of the Peter Pan collar sheer chiffon short sleeve blouse by Little Dipper. So if you guys are looking for some super ruffly, bowy uh, blouses for your Lolita stuff, definitely look into Little Dipper. I think this one is super, super cute. Yeah, I'm really into like things like if I'm going to get something, some Lolita item, I'm just like, oh, more ruffles, oh, OTT. <laughs> Same. From Summer Fairy, there is now the Cornflower Lace-Up JSK and OP pre-order available. I think this is absolutely one of the sweetest JSKs I've seen. It's a off-white JSK with blue accents, some shearing in the back, and cornflower designs, uh, super pretty blue cornflowers. And I just think it's absolutely precious, perfect for springtime that's coming yeah. up. It looks comfortable. Yeah, it looks really light, but not like you're gonna fly away in it. Right, right. And then there's the square neckline mosaic window printed JSK by Dear Celine. This is like, yeah, a really beautiful item. It's really evocative of the, what was the other stained glass JSK skirt that was out there for a while? I think it may have been BTSSP or meta i can't remember but it reminds me of um some of the other stained glass designs that have been put out there this one is available in black and white it's very ruffly on the top and it has some ruffles on the bottom as well but not like over the top yeah it's very accented very elegant yeah and on the white one it has like a lavender as its main color besides there being like white and the colors inside of the stained glass on the black the stained glass really pops out. Yeah, I definitely prefer the print on the black version just because you really get to see it. It really like stands out on there and then the ruffles are like this jet black. It almost looks a little bit feathery. It's it's really nice. And this, it's not just a JSK, also comes in an OP. So if you guys are more interested in one pieces than JSKs, that's definitely available for you. And our last Kawaii spotlight are the new goth and steampunk releases from Oz Nest available on Tokyo Otaku Mode. Ozo Nest is, like I said, very steampunk, very goth. Their new releases include a frilly collar, a couple frilly collars actually, that have a really pretty uh, floral design on them. Yeah, I don't really see like frilly collars often, like really intricate like collar pieces. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. And then we've got the kimono style reversible cardigan. This one comes in green and black, and on one side it's floral, and on the other side it's a solid color and then there is the sakura star print camisole which honestly looks more like a bodice slash harness to me yeah and looks badass though it really does <laughs> it's very elegant and really you look like a bamf in this it's yeah beautiful so that wraps up our kawaii spotlights so without further ado we're gonna throw over to our guest for this episode bunny bunny also known as fatty chan to their friends is a plus size j fashion enthusiast and a blogger who runs the tumblr blog fatty chan after discovering the cute and colorful world of j fashion wasn't really made to include people of their size they set out to create a blog full of resources and guides to make cute fashion available to anyone at any size 
yeah, they post links to plus size friendly brand name items, as well as items from Western brands that can be used in many different J fashion styles. They also have a YouTube channel under the same name where they post plus size content as well as vlogs and other videos. Hi, hi, I keep wanting to call you Fatty Chan because that's how I first knew you as. Honestly, if you want to call me Fatty Chan, I'd be fucking honored. So hopping into the questions, uh, Bunny, can you tell us what J fashion styles you take part in? Fairy K and Lolita are my two main squeezes, uh, oh, specifically nice. Sweet Lolita. I'm a slut for pastels. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh, that's just, it's just the good fucking shit, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I dabble in pastel goth and kind of some pastel vintage s styles and occasionally i wear like darker things but mm-hmm. my two main j fashion boys are fairy k and like sweet lolita i guess in addition to that uh what fashion styles do you take part in i just wanted to know uh which one did you pursue first um, like was it lolita or was it you know fairy k and then you found out about sweet lolita i found about lolita first mm-hmm. through uh, the person i'm no longer friends with <laughs> But um, I found Lolita first. However, I didn't have the funds for Lolita. But then mm. I found Fairy K, and I had the funds for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That Lolita seems to be the forefront, and there's like a pattern there with all the people who we bring in. Mm-hmm. They always seem to find Lolita first. Yeah, whether they stick with it or not is kind of like, that's like case by case, but it's kind of like you kind of know of Lolita. It's the marijuana of the J-Fashion world. It's It's a gateway gateway drug. drug. (laughs) (laughs) What are your opinions on J-Fashion beauty standards, both in Japan and here at home in America? Uh, The short answer, they fucking suck. (laughs) The longer answer, um, in the West, we tend to be a bit better about beauty standards, I think, compared to Asia, which mm. I think is a harder pill for people to swallow, but yeah. like I legitimately believe it. Yes, we still have a lot of unrealistic beauty standards. The thing about us is we're actually gearing up to be more accepting of plus size bodies and people with different body shapes and types and cellulite and flaws and disabilities. Yeah. Well, in Japan, <laughs> they are starting to have their own movements to be more body positive and accepting. Um, mm-hmm. Like that plus size magazine whose name currently ex- uh, escapes me. The whole marshmallow girls oh, yeah. are trend. Punyas uh, is super is very oh, successful. Yeah. So many plus size people are like, so excited about Punyas. Punyas has been like a breakthrough success for like the plus size world in Japan. But like compared to America to them, it's like America's like 20 steps ahead. <laughs> Even though we're still behind in like the race of life, we're 20 steps ahead of Japan at least. Yeah, I, I find there is, and I think that also just comes from Japan not having as many overweight people in their society. They Their um, childhood obesity rates are way below ours. Um, and I think overall, they just have one primary body type in that country. So that's what they're used to seeing. Um, yes I- and no. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Japan is, yes, they have lower, they have lower obesity rates. They just aren't, they aren't as overweight as, say, like America and stuff. Uh, the food options are, yes, healthier. However... I would argue that I feel like people in Japan have way more body image issues than people mm. in America. It's like insane. If you are even just slightly 
figure in Japan, you're like fat <laughs> to them. You're like mm. obese to them. They don't leave any room for discrepancies. So even if you're like slightly bigger, maybe not even chubby, you could just be slightly bigger. To them, they're like, wow, look at this fucking whale. <laughs> to put it in like blunt terms. Yeah, mm. because when I was looking at these different like, I think I was looking at some like documentary about like idol groups and girls and things like that in um in japan there's this whole like attitude of like you need to fit and you need to look the same and <laughs> that pressure kind of like i think in america we have a little bit more of a like try to be original message that's also another undercurrent like we have a lot of different options that you can like do that are acceptable like i think we just have more acceptable options you know than maybe like japan's culture is allowing right now as far as like what I viewed when I went there, even with the salary men, it's like the same suit. It's really trying to like fit in. Whereas like I noticed that in America, we still have this whole thing of this message of stand out, but also be in acceptable styles. Because in America, um, we have what I like to call the um, three acceptable body types. Yeah, right. Um, there's petite, uh, there's normal, which is like your average height, but you're still thin. And then mm -hmm. there's plus size, which is big boobs and big butt. <laughs> like a pair. <laughs> and those are the three acceptable ones. Very interesting. There's a lot of different causes that all kind of coalesce into one big problem for beauty mm -hmm. standards mm -hmm. in any country, whether it's image, conformity, media output. Like, all of it just kind of coalesces. So our next question is, and I know this may sound rhetorical, but why create a blog specifically centered around plus-size J fashion? Honestly, I needed it. That might be a selfish thing to say, but, like, if I'm a plus-size person and I'm, like, struggling for resources and I'm struggling to find things and stuff, having it all one in, like, in one nice, neat little place... I'm like, surely there must be other people who need this, so I might as well do it. <laughs> One of the things that kind of got me pointed in that direction was, I remember I was following someone, I don't want to say who it is, I don't want to like call them out, but I was following someone, they're in J fashion, but they're of a smaller size. Somebody sent them an ask on Tumblr, and they were like, hey, where do I find the type of clothes that you wear for like plus size? And they just, they just basically went, uh, body line? And I wanted to pull every hair out of my head. <laughs> so I'm like, there's like more options than that. Like, yes, the options for plus size people are limited. Even for like Fairy K and like other things, mm -hmm. not just Alita. Everybody just points everybody at body line. And I'm like, enough is enough. Oh, yeah. I will create the resource. <laughs> and body line is kind of, I guess, the creator that is sketchy too. Exactly. I am constantly scouring the website, praying and hoping they've restocked. They do have sizes that fit plus sized people, but it's rarely ever in stock. They have not restocked their 6L for Cinderella Bunny, the JSK, in literally years. Wow. If you find that yeah. shit on Lace Market now, it goes anywhere from like $50 to $100 because wow. it's like fucking rare now at this point. That's ridiculous. That and is, And you've seen that they're restocking the other sizes though? Mm. Wow. Also for their shoes, I swear to God, when it comes to their 9s, 10s, 11s, those sizes, they get one pair of shoes. <laughs> 
And then they have like a million for all the others in stock. They're bigger size shoes. They sell out instantly. So my theory is they only buy like two pairs of shoes. And that's just their stock for their bigger sizes. Yeah, I I mean, I've been doing the same. I actually was just on the website yesterday trying to find shoes. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. find any pasta 255, which is like an eight and a half, a nine. And I am a nine and a half, ten in their sizes. So just finding anything is so difficult. Oh, I also want to add this in too, because I don't, looking at the questions, I don't know where this could fit in, but I do want to mention it because it's part of like my tragic anime backstory. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I would say tragic anime backstory. Um, The reason I chose the name Fatty-chan for my blog was because I was looking up Plus Size Lolita on Tumblr. And all of a sudden, this other blog showed up called Fatty Chons with an S. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and at the time, I like knew Fatty Chon was a term used to like shit on plus size Lolitas and stuff. Um, I clicked through it and I thought maybe that this would be like a plus size Lolita blog. No. <laughs> Uh, the title of the blog was, they put the LOL in Lolita, and they would just oh. reblog pictures of plus-size Lolitas, um, and just write, like, fucking rude, gross captions, or put, like, rude things in the tags, just stuff like that. It was just, it was just a blog the to fucking make fun of plus-size Lolitas. The time that people Lolitas. have on their hands for hatred. I know, right? <laughs> like, people have done nothing to you. Literally, and, like, there are courts of, like non-experienced Lolitas and more experienced Lolitas Mm -hmm. um, regardless of their skill level. They all had like the same captions of it doesn't matter how well you dressed if you were fat or if you were plus size they considered you ugly and eat up. Okay I have like a question about like since you since I know that you're um, I guess a little bit more involved with Lolita community and stuff have you ever Mm -hmm. gone to any of like the tea parties at conventions or anything like that? No sadly. Because like I'm just now realizing that a lot of them have that um mentality yeah and they have that whole like everyone has to wear either a dress from this brand or at least an accessory and i feel by the way fucking bullshit yeah and i feel like that's sorry i know we're both very angry (laughs) (laughs) i can like feel your rage seething through my phone (laughs) Um, i was literally reading a thing about this on tumblr the other day somebody was talking about the Moimi Moitie uh, tea party and they said yes. they're talking about how like to get into that you have to wear Moimi Moitie which mm-hmm. is number one fucking expensive <laughs> first and foremost mm-hmm. um, second of all there's a fair amount of plus size friendly things from Moimi Moitie mm-hmm. but like not nearly enough this is just like you're just excluding like fat people like, like that's what you're kind of doing by saying this yeah. like you're just saying like sorry if you can't if you can't fit into my brand then I don't fucking want you here yes like yes that's how i felt about that when i found out about it because like i guess i've only noticed that recently i kind of just thought like the tea parties were just they'll have the brand there like someone who's a designer artist from the brand as Mm -hmm. a guest and then you get to go if you pay for the ticket or whatever and you know i just thought a lot of people wore the brand because like you're gonna get to meet the artist of the brand so why not wear their clothes or something i didn't know it was like a requirement 
for a lot of these events. I'm just like, why would they make that required? Like, I feel it's really restricting and like someone could say like, oh, well, they're trying to, I guess, like make it a cohesive party or something like that. Like it's for branding or something. But I really think like if they really wanted to like encourage people to wear their items or buy their items for the event, they could have just had like an incentive like, oh, you'll get a special gift or something if you have one of the items with you or something like that. Like something other than like you can't even come. And For it real. just it seems so and like I I hate capitalism and it sucks. Oh. Outside of the podcast, I always talk about how much I hate capitalism. Um <laughs> but it is so capitalistic cuz yeah. it is trying to get more money and as an artist I understand that it's the society that we live in and that we have to keep ourselves sustained but having a requirement like that it is excluding and not even of plus size people but people of uh, lesser income it's so capitalistic and it makes me feel really really icky inside and I don't like it it's the thing about Lolita that like I might be getting fucking deep here like <laughs> I love Lolita and I love the artistry behind Lolita I love Lolita prints I love the cuts I love the lace I love the artistry of mm-hmm. Lolita and I feel like that's how a lot of people feel a lot of people see these beautiful dresses these beautiful things these beautiful people dressed in this beautiful way and it's all just very like artistic However, once you actually get into it, literally the Lolita community is built on consumerism and elitism. A lot of people hate using the word elitism and Lolita. When I say elitism, I'm not saying that people are necessarily looking down on others for not having brand items. But don't pretend you didn't want to own brand just to own brand. Like, that's such a mentality. People are like, maybe I don't really love anything from this brand, but they're just such a well-known brand that I want to own something from them just so I can say that I do, just so I can say I own brand. And we put brand on, like, a pedestal. Yeah. And it's just such a materialistic, consumeristic thing. And y'all feel what I'm... Y'all feel me. Yeah, yeah. And especially, like, being a designer and being involved in these fashion shows, how, like, you get treated differently as an indie fashion designer than the designers coming from Japan and stuff like that and that's like part of it you know that's a part of like oh well you know you have to wear this brand or whatever like I'm going to a convention Teco and I could go to this tea party because I'm a guest and I'm just like kind of baffled at what am I gonna wear to this thing I don't have something from that brand and even if I wear some of the Lolita dresses that I have I feel like my personal style is gonna shine through where it's just like oh I'm gonna put too many accessories on and I'm just like somebody's gonna be like what are you you're messing up the look of this thing you know so I'm just like, uh. You're messing up the Lolita aesthetic. <laughs> so I'm just like, How dare you have originality? Lolita fashion. Yeah. And I feel more comfortable, like maybe at just like a regular, like informal event where somebody from a local community that I know put together this event. You know, I'd feel like more at home there, but like at the tea party, it just seems like it feels like a lot of pressure. I just also feel like oh, but these events are like, it seems really important in the Lolita community or a highlight. And a lot of people are excluded from experiencing it. So I I just kind of like, huh. I definitely feel that. Also really quickly, 
because I didn't quite finish. So really quickly, I saw the blog Fatty Chans, and I was like, okay, well, this is just a fucking plus-size hate blog. And I was like, I wonder if the name Fatty Chan on Tumblr is, like, taken, because that seems like something that would be taken, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Tumblr user pizza, like, <laughs> those simple words that people love to have as URLs, and it wasn't taken. So I'm like, okay, cool, that's mine now. <laughs> and then from then on, I was like, that's my brand, and if people call me a Fatty Chan, I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's my fucking URL, can't you read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaim. It's mine now. <laughs> you can't have it anymore, Fortran. <laughs> so, going off of like your blog, what are some of the topics that you explore on there? I mainly started by posting clothing items that I felt like were workable in J fashion styles. You look back through my blog. Uh, maybe when I started my blog, I wasn't as educated as I could have been. Mm. Uh, like a human. Uh, pertaining to some J fashion styles. So there's some <laughs> ugly things in there that I'm like, this could work for Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> but like as I've, as I've grown, I feel like I've put better quality items up to share with people. Um, you know, like posting things, being like, oh, this blouse is very lulliable. You could wear this with like a Lolita dress, maybe if you wore like a bolero with it or something. I would also reblog uh, guides and stuff. I don't think I've ever written my own guide, though I want to. Mm. Uh, I mainly just kind of was taking resources from other people and just kind of putting it in like my blog. So it's kind of all in like one place rather than just scattered throughout Tumblr and the internet like it was before. So I would also just kind of like vent and post my own like things too. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to rant about is the fucking plus size system on lace market and how absolutely garbage it is it really is there's it there's a lot of work that needs to be put into so many different aspects of j fashion but then it just kind of started getting into fat positivity slash body positivity and I would just start reblogging things about that, like love yourself at any size, your body's perfect. And then I started reblogging um, art styles that I kind of, or artwork that I kind of felt like fit the aesthetic of the blog. And then sometimes I also occasionally like just reblog some general body, body positivity, fat positivity things. I've started to kind of include not as J fashion specific styles, maybe more, I call it kawaii western, <laughs> where it's uh, very much so the style that's kind of starting here in the West, or it's been here, I guess, Mm. that was kind of inspired by the hashtag unicorns movement. Mm -hmm. Um, People are kind of wearing items that are very, what I would say are like J-fashionable items, but they're kind of just being like their own thing here in the West. I'm Um, really glad that you clarified, because I heard Kawaii Western, and I was thinking about like a cowboy outfit, and I was like, hmm. (laughs) Why? anybody uh in reference to like j fashion and stuff anything that's like not in japan i'm like west <laughs> western <laughs> why western that would be cute though are there any plus size people in the community that inspire you right now uh, insert that one picture of spongebob where he has that really really long list that like <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god, there's so many people that inspire me. Katters or Kators, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's K-A-T-T-O-R-S on Instagram. Mm. She's one of my friends. She lives in Canada. Oh my god, she's such a cute plus-size Lolita. I'm, like, in love with her. She's married, but we're, like, engaged, though, and she doesn't really know about it yet, but, like, down she does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shot by the Stars on Instagram, uh, Melty Chocolate Moon, oh, the Mara yeah. Collective, Fawn K on YouTube is 
Oh my god, Fonke has such like quality plus size J fashion content. Cappuccino tarts, killer show, Miss Zombie who runs gorgeous plus size Lolita on Tumblr. Um, Ruby, who owns Magical Shopping on Tumblr. Naomi Wanatabe, or however you pronounce her last name. Yes. Yes. Oh, the Tassel Fairy. Oh my god, mm. I love the Tassel Fairy so much. She, I feel like she's my ultimate style icon right now, even <laughs> though she's not really J-fashion. She's like oh, that kawaii, yeah. she's that kawaii western I was talking about, where it's very much so inspired by J-fashion, but like, it doesn't really fit into anything. And it has, yeah. like, a Western, like, twist on it. So we kind of already touched upon this, but um, do you have any negative experiences um, in your past uh, from the J-Fashion community because of societal expectations? And would you be okay with talking about them? Yeah, they're pretty few and far between. Mostly online, as it be. It's gone anywhere from me being called autistic, making fun of, like, my body, my arms. I got big thick, beefy, hairy arms because of that young uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I've also gotten some death threats, as you do as a fat person daring to exist on the internet. Oh my lord. Honestly, just as a fat person, (laughs) I feel like this is like a negative like kind of like a Debbie Downer thing to say I'm kind of used to being treated by garbage by people Mm -hmm. not in the sense that I accept it but in the Mm -hmm. sense that like it doesn't fucking bother me but like for other people though like if you if I see somebody treating another person like trash though like I'm not having it (laughs) I get that I'm kind of the same or like you can talk shit about me I don't care but once like you start talking shit about other people I am swooping in (laughs) and I am going to wreck you it's like you're gonna have to have you're gonna have trouble pulling both my feet out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I I would have to say though, because one of the things about just like existing as somebody who and I know Kamila probably feels this uh, existing as somebody as like I would say like out, like outside of like the um beauty norms for society or as like a group and stuff, you just get harassment in general. <laughs> you're different like no how dare you yeah (laughs) you're bigger your skin's different like your hair's different like no bad not the right gender for this (laughs) however the amount of like positivity i've received ever since starting my blog has been like incredible i get so (laughs) many like nice messages People being sweet to me, telling me, like, I inspire them to dress cute at their size. People telling me that they think I'm cute or that they like my blog. For me personally, I feel I'm kind of blessed, hashtag blessed, um, (laughs) in the sense that some people will get a negative message and then they just hyper focus on that. They get so mad about that. Like, they just can't let it go. For me, I'm like, well, I got this one negative message, but then after that, I got five really nice ones. So, like, what? One out of six people don't like me? I can deal with that. Look at all these yeah. people that really like me. <laughs> and they really care about me. Uh, just for me personally, the the pros just way, 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 like, outweigh the cons. That's amazing. That's That's great to hear. I'm glad that, like, people in the community have been able to, like, rally around you and lift you up that way. So you're not just, like, wallowing in disgusting filth of the earth. I feel bad because there are some people that they just get, um, because I'm definitely not, like, popular. (laughs) Um, I have, okay, my blog has, like, 2,000 followers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, like, a relevant person in, like, the J-fashion community. (laughs) I mean, like, I consider myself to be because I'm very active in sharing things, but nobody's gotta be like, oh, yeah, like, lovely lore, hard decora, 
you fucking fatty child. <laughs> like I've, I've kind of carved my own way there, you know, and just kind of yeah. I I don't mind being like a nobody if like my blog still is helpful to many people or like just helpful in general. Like the more like oh okay, the more followers you get, the more like people start to focus on you and and try to like try to just like study what you're doing. <clears throat> oh, you moved your pinky wrong. Hmm. People are like more focused on you. I guess the next question is, what do you look for in a J fashion idol if it's not a part of the tired beauty standards? Like, I'm trying to think, like, how should we be, you know, looking at people? Here's, you know, here's here's a hot tip from Bunny for all you kids watching out there. <laughs> don't fucking idolize people. Nice. I'm just going to say it how it is. Yes. Okay on a pedestal i personally every single person i've ever idolized in the j fashion community not to say that they're bad people but they've ended up disappointing me mm -hmm. like they they just weren't like i put these people on these pedestals and then i got shocked when they weren't perfect so i don't right. personally i don't have people that i necessarily idolize i'll joke and i'll be hyperbolic and i'll be like they're perfect they have no flaws but deep down, like, I know better. I'm just joking or I'm just being silly. Um, but I don't realistically idolize people. I do have people, however, I look up to as role models on how to act mm -hmm. or um, inspiration from their outfits and stuff. And for that sort of thing, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm very attracted to, obviously I'm more attracted to like plus size people because <laughs> seeing them wear wear cute things kind of makes me feel better about the way that I look when I wear cute things mm -hmm. um and also just in general I'm very attracted to uniqueness and unique takes on things I like to think for the most part um besides like plus sizeness um there's nothing in particular that like drives me to people rather than just their unique sense of style you know I like to imagine that I'm looking I'm looking more at their artwork th than I am looking at like them if that makes sense that's a cool take. I, I enjoy that. That's, um, I think it's a good perspective. That is a fresh take because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that, that like puts a lot of pressure on somebody, you know, having to like answer every like question correctly or in the way that like will please the most people. That's like a lot of pressure on people because like really what the people are doing are just like, they're just like wearing clothes and, and trying to like, I guess, produce this art and like express themselves and then you're taking that to like, oh, but you have to be this like role model now. Everybody say who everybody who's plus size. Now you're this role model. And then like Missy Elliott, she ended up um, losing weight. And then people feel like, oh, well, you're not who I thought you were anymore or something like that. And they lose lose some of their admiration because they felt like they went back on, you know, their previous image. So I kind of like that you're trying to like be more balanced or more realistic about like this person can't necessarily be an idol. They're not really in a in a position to do so. People still need to grow as people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You feel me. I do have to say, though, that there are certain things where I wouldn't where if your message is one thing, but then you go and you do another thing. Mm. I don't blame some people for being disappointed. Yeah, to, you, yeah. You can cut this out if you feel like it's kind of like shady or controversial. <laughs> there are some people who put out these very big body positivity vibes, 
Mm. But then when you look at your pictures, you can like tell they're photoshopping themselves smaller. They're photoshopping themselves skinnier. I just like, I just can't follow your shit anymore, fam. Like, (laughs) like you say this, you say this one thing. I have this message of love yourself, like Mm -hmm. love your body and stuff. And then you're going and like, you're already like a size small and you're like photoshopping yourself like even smaller i just like i just can't deal with that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it's pretty it's a toxic mentality and i understand like everyone is on their own journey but when you're spreading a message about positivity to a public forum it, it does disappoint people when you go back on what you say it's i wouldn't say it's lying but it's it's not taking your own advice Exactly. And you lose credibility that way. True. Oh, you absolutely lose credibility, especially from me. I'm like, "Mm, interesting. Uh, (laughs) Right, right. Write that down. Yeah, it's totally understandable. Uh, The next question that we have is, do you think that some styles are, well, we've been talking about this, and it seems like I think the answer might be yes, but I am not going to assume. Do you think that some styles are more restrictive than others in the J fashion community? Uh, Hayden, I'll take a Lolita fashion for $500. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lolita is definitely, it's almost, it's almost comical. Lolita fashion, Mm. out of all the other fashions, is the most mainstream with the biggest community. Like, out of any other fashion I've tried or dabbled in or looked up, like, clothing for it's the most, it's it's the most restrictive. Like you said, Mm. it's just the most restrictive fashion. Both in the sense of the clothing is just not that big, like physically restrictive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, and then also like artistically restrictive too. Um, yes, I think Lolita fashion tries to kind of make up for the lack of flexibility in their clothing and their clothing, like this silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they have like a million and thirteen sub styles, you know. Oh, true. Like, like, like pirate Lolita, sailor Lolita, sweet Lolita, like OGG mm. sweet, like gothic sweet or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's not an actual thing. But you, you, you guys are picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just in general, like Lolita fashion, they've been making their steps. Honestly, people are like, oh, Angelic Pretty's way more plus size friendly than it used to be. And I'm like, you know what? It is, yes. But compared to Baby and Meta, no. (laughs) Baby, literally, shout out to Baby, the star shines fucking bright. Because they've been, like, stepping their fucking game up recently. They've released so many JSKs these past years. Where one, they post accurate measurements of their clothing items. I'm side-eyeing you, AP. I'm side-eyeing you so hard, AP. (laughs) Um, But they've been releasing items. That go up to like a hundred and forty centimeter bus. Wow. Oh, and okay. skirts that go to like a fifty inch waist. That's like, really impressive. <laughs> they're like actually killing it. Like, yes, there is more they could be doing. Um, mm-hmm. they tend to not to want to release more plus size items that have prints on it. But oh. like I'm still fucking commending them. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah. That's like a lot. That's a very big thing for them to do as a brand. Um, Meta often gets shit on, but I personally love Meta, especially Crown Label. Uh, Meta on their Japanese website 
they have a section. They have a plus size section. Oh, um, their plus sizes don't. Uh, sometimes they do. Some of their plus size items like run very big, but they're like, okay, these are the items that we have that in our stock right now that currently run bigger, and then they put it in the plus size section. So that way you don't have to go and be like, oh, this thing looks cute, but I don't know if it'll fit me. You can just hit that nice little plus size button on their website, and you can like look and you can see. And that yeah. saves a lot of scouring too. Like I know with uh, Bodyline, I have to look at every single listing on its own separate page to see if I could fit into the measurements and, but now it's just click and I'm good I don't, I don't have to search or just to search or just to search and see that it's sold out and it's just like oh that oh yeah Bodyline actually used to have a it was a little bit annoying because you had to fucking find a link on one of their social medias and then click through it, I believe. But they did have an organized section where they had anything that goes past like an L. So like their two L's, three L's, four L's, six L's and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it used to be all in one section. However, it wasn't like you couldn't just look up the plus size Lolita JSKs. When you click this plus size section, you got the cosplays. Mm. Um, you got like Lolita and you had like all their other like weird stuff in there too. So it, you couldn't really refine it though and like look through. Oh. And then also the issue with Bodyline is their measurements. Like I don't even trust their measurements on their website. I find somebody else who owned the item and measured it and then I like I go from there ah. because their measurements on their websites are just not it's just not fucking trustworthy at all. <laughs> it's just like the worst. Or I look at like reviews and people being like this runs way smaller than the measurements that were listed and I'm like cool, got to pass on that guy. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, accuracy is something that's been lacking and I worry about whenever I'm doing online shopping. What are your hopes for the future of J Fashion? I'm hopeful that in the future, you know, like brands, especially like Lolita brands, uh, are going to do more for plus-sized versions of their clothing. I'm standing by this till the day that I die. But if Angelic Pretty had a reservation section for some of their dresses that are going to be coming out to get to reserve those items in a custom size, uh-huh. they'd be fucking, they'd be rolling in the ends. <laughs> <laughs> they'd get so much money from that shit because they can upcharge it too and be like, if you're getting a custom dress, we can add like an extra 200 $300 or whatever. No, don't and say that. Honest- I take it back, AP. If you do that, you if you do that, AP, you owe me your fucking royalty. <laughs> and then royalty. and then you'll get all the reservations. Oh, then I get all the ends. Because <laughs> they're already brands are already realizing that there is a plus size market out there and mm-hmm. a market available for people that are bigger. Even in Japan, there's like such the plus size community in Japan is fucking screaming. <laughs> and crying and being told to shut up <laughs> um, That's great. but like it's true it's honestly true and they want these things so bad and we in the west an even bigger plus size community want these things so bad and we're just very we're just so frustrated by these brands that like don't see us as marketable but they are starting to which makes me really happy yeah uh, i know galaxy they did a test thing a while back where they released some of their shirts in like a 2xl for like the u.s oh. or something Mm-hmm. Um, which was oh, so wow. cool and I regret not grabbing one but at the time I just didn't have the money and just in general a lot of like brands are starting to realize that this is marketable this is something we can make money off of which is right. like I guess like a sad thing to be like you don't want to be seen as something to make money off of right but that's just how it works <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, like, I do understand how it can be hard for, like, boutique brands to carry that much stock. Yeah, that much stock of every single design that they have, but definitely opening it up to, like, having custom-made items either, either like, you know, pre-ordered at any time, um, like, available to be made. That would be amazing. Like, sometimes I'm a little bit jealous of, like, ACDC rag, and they'll just have their, like, one-size shirt, and I'm just like, I wish I could just buy one shirt. <laughs> <laughs> each design like that would be like wow and that would just fit everyone but like i'm just like that's like i wouldn't want to do that it's not feasible (laughs) it's yeah it's it's yeah it's not feasible i don't know it's not fair for like that would be me being all like okay i'm gonna close my eyes to the fact that other people have to wear this (laughs) you know so i'm just like but but it is definitely something that they're trying to like save on costs by not having these different sizes. That's why Listen Flavor is one of my favorite brands because they do have such. I'm sorry, I got very pumped about that. Oh, you scared me! <laughs> I love Listen Flavor like violently. It's so good. I love their designs and I love their sizes are so flexible and like. Because that's part of their aesthetic is having bigger, baggier items. Oh, yeah, that's true. And they just look so cute. And when I went to Japan and I pulled out the shirt that I wanted and it actually fit me, I almost started crying. And the shop girl was so sweet to me. She was like, it's super cute on you. It looks so good. I'm like, thank you. I'll take this one, please. <laughs> like Handing my, my moist, tear-soaked yen to her in my shaky <laughs> hand. It was so good. Listen Flavor is so good. Listen Flavor, if you're out there, I love you. (laughs) Listen Flavor, if you're real, I love you. (laughs) Listening to us in English. Oh, no. thing i also love about listen flavor not only are their shirts like they run very large just in their measurements they're fucking stretchy yeah they are they're comfy and they're soft they're so good (laughs) so that wraps up all the questions that we have for you is there anything else you'd like to pop in before we end this episode yeah make sure you follow me on my blog (laughs) fattychan.tumblr.com um follow me on youtube youtube.com slash fattychan I'm working harder to produce more. I want to do more guide videos, videos for like plus size things. Mm. I already do, but like I want to do more. I'm never going to be satisfied. (laughs) That's all I really have to say, I guess. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And you had a lot of fresh new hot bunny takes for us. (laughs) Bunny takes. I don't know if that's actual or not. Yeah, probably my hot bunny takes, Kamila. <laughs> hot bunny takes. Um, but yeah, this it, yeah, it was great talking to you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of OK Podcast. My name is Hayden, and my name's Kamila. We'll see you all next month. Have a good one.